Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is E. Katrina Walter. She is a globally recognized business and marketing innovator, an international speaker, and the author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Think Like Zuck. I caught up with E. Katrina a few years back when I was teaching social media management at University of Florida, and she shared some of her best tips and tricks with my students. So today I turned this interview into a podcast for Social PR Secrets. E. Katrina also co-authored the book, The Power of Visual Storytelling, which we're going to talk about in today's episode, and most recently, The Laws of Brand Storytelling. I highly recommend picking up any and all of E. Katrina's books. She's a pioneer in social media and digital marketing, and she has worked for some of the most famous Fortune 500 brands, including Intel and Accenture. So I was very excited to have E. Katrina as a guest to talk about the ins and outs of visual storytelling. As I'm recording this intro, I was just reviewing some of E. Katrina's social channels, including Twitter and LinkedIn. She has over 156,000 followers on Twitter, and she's curating some of the best social media and content news. So definitely check out her Twitter. And just looking at her LinkedIn profile, she's currently the content director for YPO, and she was the former global evangelist for Sprinkler. So please welcome E. Katrina and enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody. So Lisa Byers here, and I'm here interviewing um, a very exciting guest, very um, visual-oriented guest. Her name is Ekaterina Walter, and she is the author of this most recent book, The Power of Visual Social visual storytelling, which hopefully you're familiar with. Um, she also wrote a book, Think Like Zuck, and worked for Intel. And now she's the brand evangelist for a company called Sprinkler. Hi, Katrina. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Great. Good to be here. Good, good. So um, kind of want to pick your brain and um, get your insight into how we came about to this place of where everything is, we're in this visual, social, mobile world. And your book, Visual Storytelling, um, definitely lays it out. We're going to focus on different chapters. But why do you think visuals are so important right now when it comes to social media management and with brands? They were always important, right? I mean, if you look at how people process visuals, um, it, it's amazing. And, and look back you know, generations and generations, right? We started drawing before we started talking. Language existed for about 5,000 years or 7,000, depends on what, um, you know, what theory you go with. But we drew our whole lives. People communicated in visuals. Um, our brain processes visuals 60,000 times faster than text. So that becomes very, very critical when you think about psychology of what we do, how we process um, information, etc. But lately, specifically with the explosion of digital, so the whole digital revolution um, and, the, and the amount of information we started creating um, when, you know, once internet sort of uh, exploded, um, is, is, is a reason why visuals become critical in your content strategy, your branding, etc. cetera. Uh, what happens is we now produce so much information. Um, Google says that every 48 hours, we're now cranking out the same amount of information that we've created from the beginning of time till the year 2003. 
So just, just imagine just all this existence and now, and it's probably going to get faster. You know, the pace of content creation and sharing and distribution is going to be faster. So as not, not only just as yourself, as your personal brand, whether you look for a job or, you know, you, you're, um, you're looking for clients um, or even you work for a brand where um, the, uh, co the content drives um, your, you know, everything pretty much, you know, your brand awareness, your uh, purchasing cycle, et cetera. What, what, st what starts happening is people are so, so inundated with information. Uh, I, I call this the age of infidicity. We live in the age of infidicity, right? Um, where the news feed become, you know, is so fast, it's moving so fast, and the filtering, uh, in, as far as our brain can process, the, there's different ways to filter that information. And one of the ways is for visuals. So um, with the rise of social, with the rise of communities, with the rise of, of sort of that global content creation, distribution, sharing, um, you know, with the rise of, of mobile where we can, you know, click the picture and, and share immediately. What becomes important is what is that one visual element that stands out? And not only that, going deeper, once you grab people's attention, which is very, very short nowadays, about uh, three to eight seconds, actually uh, depressingly so because it's even lower than the attention span of a goldfish, which is nine <laughs> seconds. So, so there you go. You know, if you're asking yourself, hey, as a marketer um, or a business owner, you know, why is it important? That's why. Not only you need to grab that attention, but also hopefully um, tell people the story, right? So instead of saying, oh, here's my product, right, you know, right in their face, here's why there's benefits, tell a story. You know, if you are in telecommunication industry, what does communication mean to you? Uh, what does generosity, giving, et cetera, mean to you? What are the values that you have, et cetera, et cetera? So you see that there's definitely visual element that is included in your content strategy. And there's also what is that story that you want to tell and how can you tell it visually consistently to engage and grow your community? Okay, I have a question. So it's been like 12 months, 18 months since visuals have really come to the forefront. And now I don't think it's, you know, I think everybody realizes that if you're in social media, visual, visuals are important. And now I'm seeing, okay, we have to have a visual on every single post. So what are some best practices when it comes to visuals? What are some tips that you can give the future social media managers out there? And, you know, when is the right time to use it? When do you decide what to use and how to use it? Use it all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just so many formats, right? There is uh, animated files or GIFs or GIFs, depending on how you say it, right? There's um, infographics. There's visual micro content. There's cartoons. There is, there's just so many ways um, that, that you can position it. Uh, there is on-the-go video creation, whether you are creating a video about specific content, right, or you're responding to your customers, which is, you know, such an underutilized way to engage your communities is video response versus text response. So it, it doesn't really matter. And, and you can use it often. You can use it every time. But the way you use it needs to be consistent with who you are, what you want to communicate, and what that means. And, and think about it this way. Every time you want to put out a piece of content, immediately think about what is the visual extension of that that you can do. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're publishing an ebook that focuses on a topic that you're very passionate about, where you think business will go, where your brand, you know, supports that manifesto mentality philosophy, right? So, so immediately, not only you need visuals for that ebook, but also 
what additionally can you create? What are the statistics that you're mentioning? And can you create an infographic with those statistics? What are the quotes that you, have you reached out to the influencers in the industry or people who write and speak on the, those topics often? What are the cool quotes that they provided that you can turn into a micro content that you can attach to every single social share that you do um, in a variety of the channels? Can you do a quick 30 second video update on that particular topic every week where, where people expect, expect it coming out and they're looking for it? They wanna do live streaming from an event at, at a particular session that covers the topic that you cover in the ebook and adds and extends that content and adds that value. How do you carry uh, that piece of content, your manifesto, your values, your brand story, whatever that is, forward with images you know how do you work and partner with different folks in the industry to create maybe a really cool fun, fun cartoons or additional infographics you know reach out to some influencers and see if, if what you created is interesting to them that they can cover in their content provide additional pieces uh, additional visuals so it's easier for them to post and stand out there's just so many extensions that you can use but then there's also i think this misconception of Oh, well, I got to go out and look for the story. You are the story. I don't <laughs> care how boring your product is. I don't care about the excuse that I work in B2B brand. It's a bit, it's a bit boring. Every product, no matter how boring, has a customer. Even if it's a very, very small niche community, there is a community that uses your product every day, no matter how boring or how much for granted they take that product. If Charmin can make toilet paper sexy, you can make your product sexy, okay? So, um, so look in your own stories. Look inside. You know what? 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 Are, what are the stories that you can tell? You know what's happening in your business. Open the kimono. People love to see the human element and human aspect of your business. So you don't have to go far from the story. Start internally. Why do people love working for your brand? Um, what are you doing in the office? You know, did you did you have? We just had at Sprinkle. Just had them. Um, celebrated a national doggy day and we created we ordered the cupcakes for doggies all natural with sprinkle logo on them we had doggy parties we dressed them up brought them our offices are dog friendly and we created a ton of content and our employees had a blast with it they created a load of content across multiple social networks that not only shows that they are dog lovers and that's who they are but also how much they like and enjoy working at, at Sprinkler because bringing a dog to work is one of the benefits and um, that, that they really, really enjoy. You know, so what is that inside stories? What, what is right there under your nose that you may not be considering that you can turn in a lot of fun uh, visual content? You know, and how do you engage employees to create that content for you? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay for every single piece of content. Just inspire people around you and you'll do some really cool stuff. Okay, now you have my mind going a million directions. So many ideas. It's so, so awesome. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see brands making when it comes to visuals? What are they doing or not doing that they could be? Well, first of all, there's a lot of cool visuals that sometimes brands create that you cannot attribute to that brand. Yes, you want to add value. Yes, you want to provide utility. Yes, you want to entertain specifically with visuals and videos, right? Any media, really. But you do want to make sure that at the end of the day, there's consistency and people recognize and associate those visuals with your brand. So even if it's a very subtle um, 
design element, right? So for example, when I was at Intel and we started doing a lot with visuals across multiple social networks, we, the way we design those visuals would have a lot of blue and orange and yellow in it, just this whole uh, uh, play of color that people immediately associated with a, with, a, with a dye, right? I mean, dye is, is at the center of what we do, you know, creating processes, et cetera. So, so what we did is we've incorporated the same look and feel to where people can pick out, oh, that's an Intel's post, and they always post something fun, but based on just the color scheme, immediately your brain goes, oh, cool, that's from Intel, you know, and, or it's a little bit of your logo, whatever that is. I think the biggest mistake is that attribution without being too much in your face. Um, you know, another mistake, again, goes back to, oh, well, but I'm not creative enough. I'm not imaginative enough. Great. You know, tap into your customers, vendors, employees, let them tell the story, inspire them, and you'll have a ton of UGC content. I mean, GoPro does it amazingly well. GoPro uh, and Red Bull as well, right? They have that passion based of customers that basically create content continuously that they then reuse or provide extension to their own marketing campaigns. And just just fantastic case studies. You can pull up a ton um, there. But, you know, engage people around you. And, and again, no matter how boring your product is, just have fun with it. You need to let know, let people know that you're having fun. And, um, you know, the information around you, it's easy to find if you want to do something else visually, right? Okay, awesome. So let's just switch gears now and talk about Sprinkler. So you're the brand evangelist for Sprinkler. What does that mean? What does it mean to be an evangelist? Uh, basically, you just do a lot of talking and not much work. That's <laughs> about it. Yeah. No, well, you know, I mean, it's, um, it, it's kind of look, it, it's kind of looks and sounds like a bit of a, of a fluffy title. And I do a lot of things actually. Um, I have a team that I run, um, community team. I run a team uh, for, for events. So there is a, there's number, I, I have a, several teams reporting to me and would do some really cool, fun things. But, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think to me, evangelism is what can we do across the board for the brand to carry that message, carry the legacy of what we're trying to create. And basically what we're trying to create is an integrated you know, front office, where if you do want to create a 360 degree view of your customer, um, you need to have the data, you need to have information at your fingertips, and you need to break the silos internally and connect marketing, sales, customer service, so that they all speak the same language, no matter where customer has a touch point, social media, call, um, online, right? They, they get a very, um, very good support. It's all about creating the best experiences for customers. And so that message resonates with me. And so um, evangelism in my mind is what kind of cool content can you create, including visuals? Um, it's also you know, going out and talking to the industry and, and um, figuring out what are the best way to tell those stories or what is the best way to tell our customers stories. And again, you know, it's, it, a lot of it comes back down to visuals. It's, um, it, it's taking your brand and what you're trying to do and your values and your end goal in mind of what you're building as a business and translating it into all kinds of venues across a variety of channels. What are some things that Sprinkler is doing in their social media from a visual standpoint that you could use as examples and maybe tactical ideas for smaller brands or personal brands? Yes. Uh, uh, well, a lot of cool things that you could do. A couple of specific Sprinkler examples that stand, stand out recently is um, we, I believe it was July, beginning of August, we had an emoji day, right? 
So what we did at Sprinkler is we, we did a couple of things. We took our values and we translated it into a visual um, representation. We have five values and it was, we visually represented it not in words, but in emojis. Mm -hmm. That was huge. People love that. Um, it, it really sort of tells you who you are and, and that you have fun with, with what you do. Um, but also, you know, plays off of a particular strange, really cool, you know, holiday. Um, and we recently we had, again, um, bring your dogs to office day and again, create a ton of content and write a ton of uh, buzz there. We also do things like highlight our employees. Um, so um, we have some new employees joining and we ask them a set of questions and then we translate it into visuals, meet, you know, meet our new sprinkler, right? And this is what he or she loves to do or some really cool golden nuggets that, that tells you that people enjoy what they do. And then by the way, for the emoji day, we also did another thing that was hilarious and everybody got into it and it just created such a great day internally for us. Not just our community loved it, but it's just, I think, most of all, actually added that whole, I love working with Springle, have so much fun, you know, feeling internally, which is both equally important. So we just told our employees to um, take, pick their favorite emoji and showcase, you know, in, in either gestures or face or stance of, of um, showcase that emoji. And we overlaid it, you know, in the corner with specific emoji, and then we did collages out of it. And people love that kind of stuff because it shows your culture very well, et cetera. Now, you know, there's just so many ideas what, for example, small and medium businesses can do. And, and that is they can invite their customers to participate in, you know, submitting their pictures. Even big brands like Dunkin' Donuts do this. They, uh, on their Facebook page, they pick the uh, fan of the week. So a lot of people take pictures with either Dunkin' Coffee or Munchies or anywhere else around the world. And the team gets together every week and decides of who's the favorite and they picture and feature them not only on the page but also on their on their cover image so you know and then then inside stories so if you're um doing something like you you, you have a party or you create a new recipe internally or something like that that basically extends beyond just your product or your mark specific marketing campaign that's you know always fantastic i mean you can use Vine, again, Duncan uh, example, just because they've been such great visual storytellers. Um, you know, a, a guy proposed to his girlfriend on, uh, you know, at, on a Duncan, at a Duncan location because they're all, they're both fans of Duncan and they created this wine of Duncan cups. You know, they, they borrowed an employee, you know, engagement ring and they did this whole line of, of a proposal. They reenacted it with the, um, with the Duncan Cups and posted and, and, and you know, everybody loved it. I mean, they, they really truly engage their audience and their customers in a lot of ways. And for small businesses, it's so fun because you know, your community, you'd see your community all the time. You engage with them all the time. So there could be so many creative fun ideas of, of, of what you can do. Like I said, even if it's just looking up your camera and, and doing a video response or posting a video on the go um, so that you keep them engaged. I think one thing that's important too that I've, you know, the transition over the years into social media is that from a visual standpoint, things don't need to be as perfect as they used to be and no. try, trying to make things perfect is impossible. Lo-fi, right? I mean, lo-fi is, is just this term I use. Um, and I mean, I didn't invent it. I heard it somewhere, but, but lo-fi is we are, I mean, think about it this way, fix it or it didn't happen. The phrase, mm -hmm. right? Fix it or it didn't happen is now in the dictionary. 
It's officially now in the English dictionary. Why? Because this is our lifestyle. This is how we live. If we don't share pictures, never happened. You never been there. You didn't do that, right? And and it's all on the go. So expecting that brand will take three to six months to design a perfect video, a set of images, or whatever. I mean, some of that stuff will still be happening. But at the end of the day, most of it is lo-fi. Flip up the cam, flip up the you know, just grab pictures, and 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 people will feel more of the human connection with you as a brand if you do do that because that's how they think that's how they operate and they will know that 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 uh, you're just trying to be a, a part of the pack part of the community and you're not trying to be all you know perfect with your marketing so definitely and you know the reality is at this point in time with social media we're still in that revolutionary stage so as you might take entry-level positions in um, for social media in different companies everybody's at a different place so some senior oh. executives are not really there yet yeah. um, so what advice can you give to the future social media managers about maybe some tips on getting a job or what to look for or what to what to be aware of um, first of all walk the talk uh, there's just so many people who are, and I, I'm personally hiring in right now have one one rec open um, but first of all you need to to know it you need to do it so there's so many you know people who take a job and they're not on Twitter themselves or not on you know critical key social networks that your business is, uses I'm not saying you need to be on every single one because God knows I'm not. I mean, I know how Snapchat operates and all the ins and outs, but I'm not on Snapchat and I never will be because, you know, I, I have specific primary networks I'm using. But you need to know how it works and you need to use at least primary networks to understand what it takes to build communities on those key networks, especially if your brand is there. And so, so that's that's key. Um, show that that you really are into it, that you are part of that herd or you know tribe. Um, but but secondly, I think go unconventional. You don't you know you submitted a resume. So what? You're gonna sit there and just wait and hoping something is gonna happen. Go um, you know go uh, connect with people who you think in your hiring managers or just the company itself. Um, on social networks, I create something fun for them. It, put up a video again in front of your face and do 30 seconds of why you're so crazy. Want to work for Sprinkler or insert your company name, right? Um, just use the venues that specifically tie back to that knowledge you're going to be using in your job, and specifically in digital and social, right? It's easy. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., to show that you're different, to show that you really want it. And when you're in, two pieces of advice. Again, continue using them and continue um, showing that you are a part of that tribe. And second of all, self-learn. The reality is, I mean, we started, I started this journey, what, six, seven, eight, now, whatever years ago. But what I find is that my best friend is is my network and, and the self-learn, right? You need to be motivated to continuously learn. This industry moves so fast, you're not going to be, nobody's going to hand you a textbook. You want to be up in front of it? Do two things. First of all, go read as much as you can, learn, figure out how the brands are doing and what are they doing that's, that's, uh, that's fun. And second of all, if you can't read up on something, connect with people. If you are admiring what Coca-Cola is doing, go figure out who you can connect with on social, who um, is part of the content team or, or social team, and get to know them. Find a venue to meet with them at the industry event, etc. Do not sit at your desk and eat lunch alone. You need to connect with people and build that network. And the reason why you're successful is because you 
learn either from folks in the industry who are already doing that or the content that's being posted by some, by some of your favorite sources. I mean, that's pretty much my biggest advice. That's great advice, Katrina. So with that, where can we connect with you? Where's the, what's the best social network that um, the future social media managers watching this can connect with you and, um, and follow you? I have a great business card. It's called google.com. You can pretty much find me on, on, on a variety of networks. So just Google my name and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I think I'm probably most responsive through on, on Twitter as far as social goes. Not necessarily that it's my favorite network. It's just I use networks for, for, in a variety of ways for different things. Um, you can connect with me um, on LinkedIn and send me a note. Um, but basically anywhere, right? My blog, anywhere else. Okay, great. And um, if there's any internships available at Sprinkler, where's the best place to look? Um, I believe it's on our careers um, site. We actually take, we, we're doing much more internships right now. And we have an official program as of, early this summer in place. We just, I think, finished round of interviews for the fall internship, but um, we hire every season. Uh, so every uh, every season, there's an opportunity to basically work in a variety of our offices, and we have a, a lot of um, internship openings. Uh, so if you look at our website or connect with me, I can definitely answer the question of, do, are we still looking uh, to fill specific internship sports or are we not? I just, I just know that we are literally last week or two where we're hiring. So just, you know, just connect with me or other folks and I'll, I'll provide the information. Okay, thank you. Katrina, thank you so much for sharing this wisdom with us. And with that, we will see you next week. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.